This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, good evening. I hope your Friday is going as well as mine has been. To this point, and the next two hours are going to be great as well. Got up this morning for an early morning round of golf at good old Riverside. Always love playing down there. Smoke had mostly moved on this morning, so pretty good weather. Actually preferable to the extreme heat that we've had for the last couple of weeks. Nice round. Got a little windy near the end, but a pretty good round overall. And my golf game not completely incompetent, which is a step up for me. If I can golf at a slightly better than incompetent level, I'm doing okay. And then uh, home for a bit and then uh, drove my dad and helped him carry his stuff into the old Army and Navy building on White Ave. My dad once again, I believe for the eighth year, uh, doing art walk, doing the old Strathcona art walk, which is uh, didn't happen last year because of COVID. And this year it is uh, moved into the Army and Navy building and set up over uh, over several weekends. So there have already been some uh, weekends of it being shown. So you go into the old Army and Navy building on white and you look at the art. And if you want to get a piece, you can get a piece. So there you go. So I think they're going 3 to 8 today and 10 to 5 Saturday and Sunday. Really cool. Really proud of my dad for doing that. He's become quite a quite an artist over the years. So that's pretty good stuff. You know, when I think of my dad with, uh, well, a lot of sports memories with my, with my dad, obviously, uh, watching, being my coach when I was a kid and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, I thought of this today. Uh, in 2006, probably would have been, I think, May of uh, 2006, uh, my dad and I went to Ontario. Most of my uh, dad's family is in in Ontario. I was just mentioning with, uh, with Jalen, my dad mostly grew up in uh in sarnia so we were visiting his parents my grandparents who have uh, who are no longer with us anymore uh but we drove into detroit one evening and went to a major league baseball game at that time it was my first major league game also the first major league game for my dad so we went to comerica park in detroit hung out a little bit in detroit ahead of time which i wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that all the time uh (laughs) so we're uh we're, we're in Detroit and uh, we go to Comerica Park a little early to, to walk around and really get off the streets, let's face it. And uh, it's like, okay, well, we got to get something to eat. And in Comerica Park in Detroit, they had a big boy. The, uh, the big boy restaurant chain had a little setup in Comerica Park in Detroit. And I'm pretty sure, and I double checked before we came on here, that I, I do not believe we have big boys in Canada. I, I actually believe that it is primarily at least in the United States, primarily a uh, Michigan-located restaurant chain. But you've heard about big boy burgers and stuff, I'm sure. So my dad was like, I got to get a big boy. I got to get a big boy. So it's like, okay. So I didn't really want one. but So we go into the big boy, and they said, well, we're, we're just opening. It was probably still an, an hour or so before the game. They said, we're just opening, so we got to get the grill going. So can you come back a little bit? So, okay, we walked around a little bit. I think I got a hot dog or something like that. And we go back to the big boy and my dad gets the big boy burger and we we i don't know if we went to our seats or sat somewhere to eat it and my dad takes a couple bites 
and it did not look like an appetizing burger. It looked kind of like a messy, ill-prepared burger, which I suppose is often the case. You see these food commercials on television, and the burger is perfect. Like, let's face it, a lot of those burgers have had cosmetic surgery that are shown in the commercials. They, they, they are not pure burgers. They've been doctored. They've been airbrushed. They've had a little lift, a little nip and tuck, a little enhancement perhaps. So anyway, so my dad's eating this quite kind of messy and not appetizing looking big boy burger, a couple bites in, and I say, how, how is he? He's like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. He's like, I can finish it. And then he gets to the middle of the burger, and it's still cold. <laughs> so, so I guess they didn't quite get the grill warmed up enough. And uh, there was no need to ever go back to big boy again. So anyway, I don't know. Just something made me think of that. With my help, my dad set up for art walk. It made me think of him getting a big boy burger for some reason. Uh, but okay, let's let's do that tonight for the off-topic topic. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can text. That's also the phone number. The hotline presented by Certain Teed Professional Grade Building Materials. You can get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins R E I D W I L K I N S, and the email, of course, is Inside Sports at six thirty Ched dot com. Got a great email from uh, a listener yesterday, which uh, we talked about on the show a little bit. What, what it, was it? Not everything that can be counted counts. Uh, not everything that counts can be counted. He was referencing analytics in hockey and other sports. I thought that was pretty good. So for the off-topic topic, you can send me or call in with your worst or your best. Let's do both ends of the spectrum. Your worst or best cuisine experience, food experience at a sporting event, at a stadium, at an arena, or whatever. Because some of these, uh, you know, now as, as sports has become uh, more and more into the entertainment experience industry, some, some of the places have pretty good food offerings. Uh, I, you know, when I go to uh, an Oilers game, I don't, I, I don't eat from the concessions because it doesn't really fit with my schedule or, or where I am in the building. Uh, at Elks games, uh, rarely, I would say these days, I live really close to the stadium, so I don't need to eat when I'm there. So you can tell me that. Any, any uh, really good or really gross food experience at a stadium, NHL, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, CFL, NFL, wherever you want to go with that. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Elks Radio, 630 Ched. Oh, we're getting there, everybody, with the Canadian Football League, uh, August 7th. August 7th. What are we at now for that? Just over uh, three weeks away for the Elks actually playing a game at Commonwealth Stadium. They're going to be taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks 8 p.m. Saturday, August 7th. And, of course, we'll have it for you right here on uh, 630 Ched. Well, somebody has just sent me their uh, a picture of the pizza they are currently eating. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that... Uh, thank you for a, a picture of your pizza. I probably shouldn't let you know that you can text photos into the text line. I discourage uh, photos, quite frankly. I prefer just text. So uh, there you go. <laughs> well, that's from Vic. I think Vic would have sent me that anyway, even if I wasn't talking about food. He's got a half-eaten pizza. Well, that's good, Vic. Uh, congratulations, I guess. Good, good start to the Friday. <laughs> You never know what people are going to send. We're going to hit on a few different things tonight. 
uh, we're going to have Ryan Wagman on the show, who's the director of prospect scouting with McKean's Hockey. And we're going to go in depth into the NHL draft, especially the first round. A couple of guys from the Michigan Wolverines likely to go 1-2. Dylan Gunther from your Oil Kings. How high is he going to go? I, I would... I would be certain he's going to go in the top 10, maybe even in the top five. I think it after the, the top two, it kind of opens up a little bit, but Ryan will give us his take. And of course, goaltending, which we discussed on the show yesterday, taking a goaltender in the first round. Should you be hesitant? How sure do you have to be that the guy is going to turn into a franchise goalie? We've, you know, a lot is made of this year in the NHL playoffs, the four starting goalies, in the semifinal teams were all first round picks. It doesn't always happen that way, but if you can get a sure bet in the first round and the Oilers, let's face it, the Oilers need a franchise goalie. And that's nothing against how Mike Smith played. And I think Mike Smith is going to be re-signed here for a year or two, probably after the expansion draft. I, I think they're going to get something done with uh, Adam Larson. I know there's been some, a little bit of doubt cast in that area lately, but I do think Adam Larson will be re-signed. I think he wants to play in Edmonton, and I think that uh, I think they're going to work something out. Uh, anyway, he's not a goaltender. But, you know, if the Oilers could jump on Sebastian Costa in the first round, would you do that after the two good years he's had with the Edmonton Oil Kings? Now, I know they have other guys in the system, Stuart Skinner, uh, who I think they're likely going to protect tomorrow. Don't forget the expansion draft protection list is due uh, tomorrow, and I, I think they're likely going to protect Stuart Skinner, uh, Mike Smith being a free agent, probably not going to be claimed. Miko Koskinen uh, being not worth the money that he's paid in his contract, highly unlikely to be claimed. Though I did have someone tell me today that they would not completely rule out. Now, they didn't say it was likely, but they didn't completely rule out a Miko Koskinen trade. Apparently, there are a couple of teams out there that, that, that think, well, maybe we could, we could have this guy around. So I don't know if the Oilers would have to retain money in a situation like that, but I did get that little tidbit from someone today. And, uh, you know, Ilya Konovalov in the system, Olivier Rodrigue in the system, um, all pretty good prospects. The Oilers didn't take any of them in the first round. So maybe if Sebastian Kosa is there at uh, officially 20th overall, but really it's the 19th overall pick because Arizona is forfeiting their first round pick this year. Maybe the Oilers take the plunge and draft Sebastian Cosa. So I want to get into that. Trent Brown's going to check in a little bit later on from the title sponsor of this show. Eight-year safety with the double E football team, 1993 Grey Cup champion. Going to be awesome to have him on the show. And we'll talk a little bit about cheating. That's right. With Mike Johnson, former Montreal Expos pitcher. Um, I'm going to ask Mike, I mean, when he was a pitcher, and this is the story, one of the stories in baseball this year, this spin rate on baseballs, pitchers being accused of doing something to doctor the ball or improve their grip. And you've probably watched games or seen highlights where the opposing manager will say, hey, check out that guy's glove, belt, hat. And you've seen some pitchers get really mad shouting at the other dugout, partially disrobing to show the umpire like, hey, I don't have pine tar down my gaunch, okay? I'm not using that to increase my hold on the baseball. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk about that with Mike as well. Tom says, Hey, Reed, do the old beers from Northlands Coliseum count as best and worst half a beer. You're taking an Uber home. Well, we can count that. Sure. Uh, John, well, this is this is not a. Uh, I don't know if I should read this, John. It, it's it's an off topic, off topic. It's off off. It's off the off topic. 
because our off-topic topic is your best or worst food experience at a sporting event. Maybe I'll save this one, John, because that's it. It's not at a sporting event. It's just more of uh, like bad, bad service and an awkward situation you had. Maybe I'll get to that one a little bit later on. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. trade to tell you about in the NHL tonight. The Detroit Red Wings get defenseman Nick Letty from the New York Islanders. And the Islanders get forward Richard Panic and the 52nd overall pick in the draft. So that's a second round pick, which uh, the second round will be held next Saturday. And who originally had that pick? The Edmonton Oilers. That would have been one of the ones involved in the Gagne Athanasiu trade. Detroit also retaining 50% of Panic's salary which will be uh, just under one and a half million, actually just under $1.4 million. So that is the deal. And uh, there we go. So Richard Panic and uh, a pick going to the Islanders and the Red Wings get Nick Letty. Just uh, came down a few minutes ago. Ryan says, Reed, can you explain why the Oilers are picking 19th in the draft or why Arizona would forfeit their pick? I've heard it lots, but I don't know why that is. Yes, I can quickly sum it up for you. The When was this announced? I just Googled it to check the date. This is from last August. The uh, Coyotes were stripped of their uh, 2020 second-round pick, so the last year's draft was in October, and this year's first-round pick. They violated the scouting combine policy by conducting physical tests of uh, draft-eligible players. I'm just reading from an old story. I just want to make sure I got the wording right here, Ryan. The uh, Coyotes were deemed to have broken the rules by testing prospects outside of the combine, which is prohibited because they want it to be uh, fair for everybody. So they broke basically some scouting and combine rules. So that's their punishment. So the reason when you look at an official NHL document, and I got the official you know, email with the draft order a few days ago, and the uh, Coyotes, where it says that they were going to pick, it just says pick forfeited. So that spot, according to the NHL, uh, still exists. But there's not going to be a player picked. So that's why I'm saying when you look, when you see what the NHL puts out, it'll say the Oilers pick 20th overall, but it's really going to be the 19th player selected. Yeah. The Coyotes were supposed to be picking 11th. That pick is forfeited. So that's why you might see the NHL say in the guide and record book to quote Ken, Ken Holland, the uh, Oilers have the 20th overall pick. Really. It's the 19th player selected. I hope I hope that makes sense, Ryan. Best and worst food experiences at a sporting event. This individual says, I went to see a game in the new Rogers Place. We ate at the Studio 99 Lounge. The food was over the top. The variety, crazy. The number of Connor McDavid jerseys, crazier. <laughs> of course, for the last couple of seasons when there were fans, Rob Brown and I were doing... The face-off show and overtime open line in Studio 99. Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels would drop by. Well, Bob's pretty much on every face-off show. 
This texture says a beef on a bun and a lamb spiced rum and cola at the Coliseum while cheering the oil as they walk right past you to the ice. Yeah, there was, was that the Air Canada Lounge it was called for a while? And the uh, team would walk right through there or go onto the ice. Now, here's one of my regrets in life. And this, this person writes in PNC Park in Pittsburgh, Promonte Brothers. I went to a game when uh, Onright and I did our ballpark tour in 2007. We went to PNC Park. It's an awesome ballpark. For some reason, I didn't get Promonte Brothers. So that makes me sad. JP says, best arena food experience was uh, the hot dogs at the Forum in Montreal. The buns were fresh and toasted, so delicious. Never had that one good uh, since. Well, now, now people are starting to pick up on this food topic. We'll bounce in and out of this uh, as the night goes on. This is some fun stuff for sure. Okay, yeah, we'll dive into the draft a little bit as well when we get back. Coming up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To the 630 News. Hey, thanks a lot for listening tonight. Really hope you're having a great day. Thanks for spending some of it here. Talk to you in a few minutes. Mr. Nugent Hopkins, eight-year deal a couple of weeks ago with the Edmonton Oilers, who made news there, made news with the Duncan Keith trade, and as I was referencing, still more news to make for the Oilers. Look, we'll see what they do with the goaltending, see what they do uh, with Larson, maybe still looking for another defenseman, certainly need help up front, which I'm going to discuss here in a couple of minutes. And as I have said oftentimes, probably need an entire third line or they absolutely need a third line center. I was hopeful that Kyle Turris could do the job at a competent level last season. Uh, He did not. Perhaps he winds up getting buried in the minors this year. Maybe an entire, when I, when I feel pessimistic about the club, I start thinking they need an entire third line. And I've I've thrown that out there on the show a few times. No one really argues with me, so I must be right. (laughs) 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in by texting or phoning. The Blue Jays back at it tonight. 6-0. The Blue Jays lead Texas after four innings, and the Blue Jays are coming home. This is pretty cool. They will start playing the home games at Rogers Centre in Toronto starting on the 30th. They have not played in Toronto since September of 2019. Can also tell you, the Open Championship, the British Open, as we call it, on this side of the pond. Louis Oosthuizen has the lead after two rounds. He's 11 under par, shot a 65 today, shot a 64 yesterday, looking good. Colin Morikawa, who won the PGA Championship in 2020, he's in second place, two back at minus nine. Eight under in third is Jordan Spieth. Dustin Johnson, one of three golfers, four off the pace. Canadian content, Mackenzie Hughes is five under and tied for 12th. And Corey Connors is tied for 17th 
at four under. Speaking of golf, this is a good one. Uh, hang on, I got to find the text now. Sorry about that. Uh, Tippy writes in. He says, "My buddy and I picked up tickets for the U.S. Open in San Francisco, Olympic Club. Webb Simpson won. That was the one when during the ceremony at the end, Simpson's getting the trophy presented, and this random guy walked up. We were talking about this a few days ago. Sporting events being up uh, interrupted by spectators, and this random guy walked onto the 18th green and started making some kind of bird calls, just these bird noises. And I think one of the big wigs at the U.S. Golf Association tackled him and pulled him off the green into a bunker. Anyway, Tippy says. My buddy and I uh, pick up tickets for the U.S. Open in San Francisco. We didn't have tickets for Thursday, so we got some off Craigslist, and we didn't know they were corporate tickets. We go to the food tent, and it's all you can eat and drink. And we were the only two guys not dressed up. Tippy adds an LOL. Well, that's quite a deal, Tippy. <laughs> do they, they make you dress up to go to a corporate tent, or people do dress up to go to a corporate tent at a golf major? You think you could get by with you know, a decent pair of shorts and a golf shirt. Like, were people actually in full suits? All right, a couple people are telling me. First of all, Richard emailed me, inside sports at 630chat.com. He says there used to be a big boy in Edmonton. He says it was downtown. And Cliff says, back in the 70s and early 80s, there was a big boy in Edmonton, 118th Avenue and 34th Street, Beverly area. It had the huge big boy sign holding their famous burger. All right. Now, I don't think there are any more big boys in Canada, as I referenced off the top of the show. And everything I looked up on uh, on big boy didn't say there were any in Canada, but apparently big boy used to be in Canada, and now it is not. So I appreciate that update. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I'm learning a lot tonight. I obviously, uh, well, seventies and early eighties. I do sort of remember that. All right. Trade today in the NHL. Nick Letty, now of the Detroit Red Wings. The Islanders trade the defenseman to the Wings for Richard Panic and the fifty-second overall pick in this year's draft. That pick originally belonged to the Edmonton Oilers. They traded it to the Wings, who now traded to the Islanders, and Elliot Friedman reporting that Detroit also retaining 50% of Panic's salary as uh, the Islanders looking to clear out a little bit of space. Jalen Nye, my colleague here at 630 Chet, says the variety of food at the New Orleans Superdome is off the charts and the best Bloody Mary I've ever had in my life. It was pricey, though. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, Doug writes in. He said, I, I had a really good cheesesteak from one of the major vendors at a Phillies game at Citizens Bank Park when I went there for the NHL draft. And Doug adds, I happen to be sitting right in front of Jack Michaels, of all people. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, we started talking about this. Because, uh, we started talking about big – anyway, long story short, if you've missed it um, – I was talking about my dad and him getting a big boy burger in Detroit at Comerica Park in 2006. It was awful. So I asked your best or worst food experience at a sporting event. So that's why we're kind of winding through this tonight. We do have a little bit of news here about the Edmonton Elks. They will not have the scrimmage tomorrow. 
Instead, they're going to have a team walkthrough from 11.30 to 12.30. I'm just reading this for the first time, actually, as the email just came in. Saturday's previously scheduled scrimmage has been canceled to provide additional rest and recovery time for players. No additional training camp schedule changes have been made at this time as Sunday, July 18th, will remain a regeneration day. Okay, so a walkthrough tomorrow for the Elks, no scrimmage. That is the update there. And regeneration day. I don't think I've heard that before. We always get new lingo in sports. It used to just be called a day off or a rest day. Now it's called a regeneration day. Maybe I'm going to start calling, uh, saying that to my boss and say, say, hey, I need a day off. Hey, I need a regeneration day. Nobody's going to say no to that. <laughs> when you put it that way. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. A regeneration day. I got to work that into my vocabulary. There was a big boy in Beverly and one on the other side of the Mill Creek Bridge across the street from the old Scona cycle. Okay, we're getting <laughs> memories of big boy, the theme of tonight's show. Actually do have some hockey content coming on the uh, text line. Former D-man Mark who is a regular contributor to the show, so much so that, oh, I was going to say so much so that we should pay him. No, I'm not going to put out that out there, Mark, because you'll jump all over that. Uh, He says, good evening, Reed. Yesterday I heard the murmur that the trade could be Miko Koskinen for Phil Kessel. At first I was like, no blanking way. Then I actually gave it some thought. Kessel has one more year at $8 million. Koskinen has one more year, $4.5 million. Really, it would be $3.5 million more when you do the swap. Like I said, when I first heard that, I said, absolutely not. Upon further review, it's intriguing. If Edmonton were just going to buy Koskinen out, I'd be interested. This way, we're done with his contract at the end of this season. No dead cap space. I think a lot would come down to numbers after all the signings are made. This is clearly a deal that would need to wait until after the expansion draft. He has a no-move slash no-trade clause. He'd probably need to be protected by Arizona. This proposal kills two birds with one stone. It rids us of the Koskinen contract and brings in Kessel, who could play the wing with McDavid. Yes, I know Kessel shoots right, but I'm sure that could be worked through. Well, maybe Kessel plays with Dreisaitl. I mean, is that Yamamoto's spot for sure anymore? I don't think so. And uh, former D-man Mark closes up by saying, not my ideal scenario, but tempting when considering the jettisoning of the Koskinen contract. Yeah, I do not think Miko Koskinen will be bought out. I think he'll be an oiler or he'll be traded. And again, from what I heard today, and look, we hear a lot of stuff at this time of year, and we all have our sources, and sometimes uh, some are right and some aren't and all that kind of stuff. Um, But... You know, what the indication I got today was that it is possible, possible that there could be some interested Koskinen for a trade, that there are a couple teams that that like him and perhaps like him more than many of you do. Um, I don't think he's going to get bought out. I, I still think the buyout would be James Neal if and when the Oilers do one. But yeah, Kessel... Somewhat intriguing. So that is uh, coming in there from former D-man Mark. The Big L writes in. After hearing about that potential Kessel trade to Edmonton, I'm having a regeneration beer. (laughs) The uh, Big L, not a fan of Phil Kessel. Well, it's funny we are working food into this because... 
wasn't there the hot dog story with uh, Phil Kessel? A couple of, uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, yes, somebody wrote in and said, aren't the Maple Leafs retaining part of Kessel's salary? They are, guys, and I'm looking this up on the fly. I don't like I don't have a like Bob Stoffer's memory is unbelievable. I have to I remember some stuff or I remember that I knew it or that I looked it up and I know where to look it up, but I gotta get it again. Um the Leafs are retaining one point two million dollars. So that would mean a cap hit uh, of what would that be six point eight for the Oilers if they did a trade with Koskinen, who's making four point five. So there we go. Ron says uh, his favorite arena food. Oh, this is something, Ron. Are the arena fries and gravy at the High Prairie Sports Palace, circa 1975 to 85. Incredible. Well, we could, okay, that's, see, Ron, if you're going to send me that, you got to send me that so I have a couple weeks notice so we could prepare an entire show around uh, small town arena food. Well, I guess it doesn't have to be a small town because I was talking about when I was saying sporting event, I meant NHL, CFL, NFL, NBA. Somebody wrote in U.S. Open golf. I'm sure there's good open or good food at Wimbledon and U.S. Open tennis and stuff like that. Um, but he says, but what don't all arenas have good fries and gravy? I would think. And a couple of people are now writing in about the Dustin Penner pancake story. Yeah, didn't he hurt a muscle in his back reaching for one of his wife's delicious pancakes? <laughs> so there we go. Well, I, I hope you're following this show because I'm honestly have a little trouble following it because we're all over the map, but I'm having a good time. So I hope you are as well. 780-496-0063. Somebody's already getting ready for Trent. Somebody has sent me in a uh, Trent Brown question for later on. Travis from Blackfalls. Uh, Travis Blackfalls, of course, the newest entry in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Aren't they going to start up in the fall? Is it the Bulldogs? I think it's the Blackfalls Bulldogs. And he says, uh, I went to New... Oh, you're going to like this, Kellen. Are you there, buddy? You didn't I... leave the room, did you? No, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and thanks to Mitch in a grader for the reminder about the Kessel salary. And yeah, I looked that up, $6.8 million. He had that for sure. Hmm. Travis and Blackfold says that New Orleans for WrestleMania in 2014 crushed pizza at the Smoothie King Center all mm. weekend. So good. Did you go to that New Orleans? Yeah, that, that, that was the one that that was the one that I went to as well. Uh, didn't get any well, food. You've been to in several, venue. right? Yeah, quite a few. Uh, <laughs> didn't get any food in venue, but uh, I had the um, uh, the alcoholic. Uh, Partakement, we'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. During the show. How many WrestleManias have you been to now? Uh, off the top of my head, I think three and one Royal Rumble. Because you went to New Orleans. Is. Didn't you go to the one at the new Giant Stadium, whatever it's called? Yeah, MetLife Stadium. That was the most and, recent one that I went to in 2019. And what was the other one you went to? Tampa? Uh, no, 2017 in Orlando. I thought you went to something in Tampa. I must be thinking of Orlando. That's Orlando. That's the only place I've been to in Florida so far is Orlando. So Louie writes in, he says, uh, hit me today that potentially the Oilers may not sign Barry Larson or Smith and probably no cleft bomb. That means we lose the entire back end. So it's just a scary thought. Holland has already spent $12 million on uh, Duncan Keith and Nuge. Well, what are Nuge and Keith together? They'd be just under 10 and a half. I don't, I don't think Barry's going to be back. 
though we'll see. I mean, if he looks around on free agency and can't get what he wants, maybe he circles back to the Oilers. I do think Larson will be back. I do think Mike Smith will be back. I think there's a very good chance, Louie, that you're right, Oscar Clefbaum just won't be an Oiler again. He won't be in anybody again. I'm, I'm not sure that uh, not sure that Oscar Clefbaum's ever going to play in the NHL. I mean, he's pretty much been ruled out for the upcoming season. He he may not play again, which is tough. I mean, you got to think about the guy there as well, not just what the Oilers are losing. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Uh, bottom of the fifth in Buffalo. Blue Jays leading the Texas Rangers 2-0. The Blue Jays will be back at Rogers Center in Toronto starting on July 30th. They have government approval to play their home games at home again, which is cool. 780-496-0063 if you want to participate in the show tonight. We're having uh, some fun talking some hockey talking some food choices at arenas and stadiums, your best or worst food experiences. And we will talk a little bit about, well, I was going to say cheating in baseball, but I don't know if it's out and out cheating, but you've probably seen this season. A lot of pitchers have been challenged by the other manager. Hey, he's putting something on the ball. Check his, you know, that spin rate. Uh, Is there stuff on the ball? Where's he keeping it? And they've had their, Caps checked, their gloves checked. So we got Mike Johnson coming up on the show. Edmontonian played in the majors, primarily with the Montreal Expos, played with Vlad Guerrero Sr., by the way. And now he runs 5 to a field house here in Edmonton. And uh, I'm going to ask him, like, what, what's the deal? Did you ever do it? What's, uh, what's the advantage? How does this all work? I want to get into that with Mike, who's he's quite candid. So I want to see how that shakes down tonight. Mike from Slave Lake. Mike, hope you're doing well. How's the golfing around Slave Lake, Mike? He says, I had a two-foot chili dog at Mosaic Stadium in Regina. It is to die for. Thank goodness the CFL is back. Two-foot chili dog. Mike, you're, you probably haven't been hungry since you had it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The Big L says, I bought a couple of between-period beers and some popcorn at the Saddle Dome in 2016. I just finished paying it off. <laughs> That's pretty good. Arena food is, uh, even if it's good, it's, of course, generally overpriced. They kind of got you in a place where you can't go shop around. Norman Akambai says, the Kalmar Arena has fresh-baked pie. He wrote fresh-baked pie in all capital letters. It's the best ever. That is from Norman Akambai. Okay. I'm learning a lot tonight. This is good stuff. Let's learn a little bit about the guy who's probably going to go number one in the NHL draft. First overall to the Buffalo Sabres. That is Owen Power, six foot six defenseman out of the University of Michigan from Mississauga, Ontario. Ryan Wagman, director of prospect scouting with McKean's Hockey, had this to say about Power. Power, as I mentioned earlier, he's huge. He's like, I think, 6'6", above 200 pounds. Um, he does everything at a high level. Uh, you know, he's, he's a very good skater. Um, you don't see him play with a lot of energy. He just sort of eats up the ice without you noticing that he's moving almost because he's just that big. Big shot, really good puck mover. 
Um, he can be very dominant in his own end as well. You know, he says things to iron out there, but he can he can be a true shutdown defenseman. Um, you know, I don't compare. I mean, he's not really comparable to anybody in particular. But if you imagine something between Brent Burns and Aaron Ekblad, you're pretty close. Combination of Brent Burns and Aaron Ekblad for uh, Owen Power. Pretty interesting and uh, likely a uh, Michigan teammate of his, uh, Matt Beneers, is uh, going to go second overall. And uh, then we will see who the Oilers get at uh, 19-20, however you want to look at it. We've been talking a lot about Sebastian Kosa from the Edmonton Oil Kings and the exceptional season he had. He is the number one rated North American goalie. He's he's not likely going to be the first goalie selected. Jesper Wallstedt out of Sweden will uh, likely go before Kosa and possibly even go in the top five. I think now I'm going to give kind of a wide ranger. I, I don't think Kosa winds up going in the top 10, probably somewhere between 11 and 25 and McKean's has him at 19. So maybe he will be there for the Oilers as an option. I wouldn't have a problem with the Oilers drafting a goaltender. Um, now I understand like, Oh, well, they, you know, Kosa plays in Edmonton. It's easy to just take a guy they saw, you know, fair enough, but he, he's, he's number one ranked North American goalie by people who have nothing to do with the Oilers and, and the oil Kings. So I think he'd be uh, a, a pretty interesting selection if they could, uh, if they could do that, but we'll see if they get somebody asked me, do you think the Oilers should trade up for Kosa? I, here's the problem with the Oilers. Like what do you trade up? I, I mean, they don't have a second round pick. And uh, the second round pick next year is uh, conditional possibly to Chicago. I know the Oilers have to make the cup final and Duncan Keith has to play a lot, but I mean, with conditional picks, you can't just keep swapping those around. So uh, anyway, some food for thought. We're going to have NHL draft coverage next weekend. We'll have the entire first round on Friday and then we'll uh, rejoin you Saturday morning as well to take you through rounds two through seven. I hear the music. That means I got a break for the news and the weather. And then Mike Johnson is going to check in. We'll visit with Trent Brown as well, former member of the Double E football team and uh, one of the associates with James H. Brown and Associates, our title sponsor here on Inside Sports. Oh, my goodness, we're going to name the animal tonight as well. My life has meaning once again. It's Inside Sports on Chet. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.